Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to True Devotion to Mary on Never Supporting Restoration Radio. I am your host, Alexander Krasik, and I'm joined by our guest, Father Herman Fleece, professor at Most Holy Trinity Seminary in Flixville, Florida. Welcome to the show, Father. Hello, Alexander. I'm glad to be here again. Well, here we are, Father, after a wonderful study of St. Louis's book, examining how to practice the True Devotion to Our Lady and the preparation for the total consecration. We are finally at the big day itself. So, without any further ado, what does St. Louis lay out for our consecration ceremony to make it as worthily as possible? Well, I would like to, uh, to bring the words of our saint himself. Um, I would say this is, uh, Santa is really the best way to, to go about it because we see by, by the saint himself, we see the genuine way to perform this consecration and at least the, the spirit in which the saint uh, thought of it. And then once we, we read the saint himself, then we can comment a little a, upon it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, so he writes, at the end of the three weeks, they shall confess and communicate with the intention of giving themselves to Jesus Christ in the quality of slaves of love by the hands of Mary. After communion, which they should try to make according to the method given f- uh, further on, they should recite the formula of their consecration, which they will find afterwards. They ought to write it or have it written, unless it is printed, and they should sign it the same day they have made it. It would be well also that on that day, they should pay some tribute to Jesus Christ and our Blessed Lady, either as a penance for their past unfaithfulness to the vows of their baptism, or in testimony of their dependence and allegiance to the domain of Jesus and Mary. This tribute ought to be according to the devotion and capacity of everyone, as a fast, a mortification, an alms, or a candle. If they had but a pin to give in homage, yet give it with a good heart, it would be enough for Jesus, who looks only at the good will. So that is the, essentially the text of our, of our saint, and uh, I think we can go from here. Okay. Well, some of our listeners may not have easy access to the sacraments, what changes could they make to what we've been talking about in order to make the consecration as worthily as possible? Yes, I would say, um, as a very minimum, um, one should, um, should to, in order to make the consecration, one should be in a state of grace that goes almost without saying. And therefore, if needed, one has to ensure access to confession uh, with due time. But then more on the merely uh, you know, worthiness of the preparation and whatnot, uh, I think it's more or less what we alluded uh, in, in the episode before that one should, the sense basically wants in principle to put together the reception of the sacraments with the consecration itself. But again, that might not be possible, uh, at least in a convenient way for most people today. Uh, so they might have to wait a long time and whatnot. So that's, that's not essential. Uh, so what I would say is the person should try to essentially receive the sacraments as close as possible to the date. Uh, and it can be done just afterwards or even perhaps a little better as a, as a sort of preparation, a little before, if it cannot be done the day itself, which is, again, it will be the case in most people. Um, but um, so that will be, that will be the, the idea there. And then the, they should do the, receive the, the sacraments in the spirit and the dispositions that the saint presents as being on the day itself, 
the fact that it's separated for several days in between really won't change the the approach to it, and uh, it will have uh, also the the same effects. Our consecration manual has several different meditations on the act of consecration itself that one can make before the actual consecration itself. It's such an important moment. We want to make sure that we say everything as sincerely as possible and not just reading the words without understanding their meaning. So if we take a look at the formula, is there anything that you'd like to draw special attention to? Yes, well, the formula is, is naturally excellent in all its parts, but there is a part which I would especially like to point out because it shows the importance of doing the consecration in a spirit of humility with a complete uh, recognition of our unworthiness and our infidelity to the graces that our Lord has given us. But at the same time, it shows a key role of Our Lady in avoiding the, the in helping us to avoid the pitfall of discouragement on account of our sins uh, by confidence in her intercession. So the lines which I refer to are, are as follows. As there is nothing in me which does not merit thine anger and thy repulse, either no more come by myself before thy most holy and august majesty. It is on this account that I have recourse to the intercession of thy most holy mother, whom thou hast given me for a mediatrix with thee. It is by her means that I hope to obtain of thee contrition and the pardon of my sins, the acquisition and the preservation of wisdom. So we see how with the by just reciting the formula, as you say, meaning it, we are saying humbly, there is nothing in me which does not merit thy repulse, so that's humility. But again, immediately we, we raise our soul to Our Lady and we say, it is on this account, that is my misery, that I have recourse to the intercession of thy most holy mother. It is by her means, the sense is, that I hope to obtain the pardon of my sins. Now, this, I think, is worth of deep meditation, and it can be done before the, the actual consecration, because uh, it is a disposition of soul that we should greatly uh, cherish and foster all of our life. That is, we have to nourish this, uh, this spirituality or this approach to our, our misery, and especially, especially when we are about to die and meet the judgment of God, then we will need to have this, this disposition, that is, Deep humility, recognition of our sins, no excuses, no, um, you know, covering them up, but simply confess them and recognize them. But at the same time, uh, going with confidence to Our Lady for obtaining mercy. Because when we are about to, to enter eternity, who will be our hope besides God, except our Blessed Mother? Uh, and also, as you know, uh, Alexander, in this, before this, uh, entering in, in eternity before being judged by God, the devil comes and tries to tempt the soul more strongly than ever to precisely the sin of despair. That is, he puts our sins and wants us to despair at the sight of them. So it is very important before that uh, tremendous moment in which we are going to be, in which we have to go through, to already start cultivating this spirit, you know, that we can see and recognize our sins with, with uh, sincerity and humility. But uh, as much as we uh, are ashamed of our sins and uh, we see our, our worthlessness, all the more we 
uh, abandon ourselves in confidence to Our Lady. And uh, so I think that that is a passage I like very much. Yeah, that certainly is a striking passage. And it also reminds, reminds me, at least, of the importance of always praying for final perseverance for that last moment. Yes, yes, absolutely. And the saint uh, puts it in this words, but I think one can um, paraphrase it in this way that during life, and especially as we said in the moment of death, we can essentially have this, uh, this disposition that Lord, I hope for pardon by the mercy and merits and, and the prayers of your mother. And that, that will be, if one really has that disposition at the moment of death, like his last agony and before dying, then he will save his soul because uh, he will obtain grace and mercy. And then, um, sure, we have all like a lot of sins, right, of our past life, but our Lord will forgive us. Beautiful consolation. To, yes, yes, to and it's good, it's good to think basically beforehand, right? Yeah. So, yes. so looking to life after the consecration, there's a nice quote from our guide that I'd like to read. Quote, We would like to remind those making the consecration for the first time that they are simply planting the seeds of true devotion for the first time. They should not expect to see a fully grown, quote, tree of life, which Mary is, the next day, just as in nature this tree of life will gently grow day by day, year by year, until one day you will be able to say, it is no longer I that live, but Mary that lives in me, unquote. What is the key to making sure that we nourish the seed of devotion that we've just planted by making the consecration? Yes, uh, there are different, uh, uh, different helps and tips to ensure that. As I see it, the most important thing in, in this consideration is perseverance perseverance really because though and why do I say this because although in itself one should desire and even have a resolution to be faithful always to the spirit of his devotion right and then not only to the external things but also the internal spirit etc so one should aim to be faithful for all his life that is true now that said unfortunately because of our of our weakness, the weakness of man and our inclination to evil and, and, and all the rest. Um, most people, and I will say, um, with the exception perhaps only of the saints, but because we are weak and we are sinners and all the rest, we will unfortunately at times slacken a little, right? Perhaps even in the external, uh, you know, external uh, devotions which are connected to, to, to the slavery, that could happen, but more, even more easily, to slacken in the spirit and, you know, become kind of, yeah, maybe by routine we, we still do the formulas and all the rest, the externals, but we essentially became, uh, to a certain extent, lukewarm or, or unfaithful to the spirit, you know. Uh, that, that is very, unfortunately, it's very common, so, uh, which will point to this, that the ones who will attain to, uh, will obtain that grace of seeing, as the author says, the, the tree in full bloom, etc., uh, after many, many years, are not those who will have been perfectly faithful, because that's, again, is for, for very great saints, if, if even for them, because they are also men, but that won't be the case. So, see, the ones who get to that point are the ones who, like, every other poor sinner will have made some bad steps in the way and slacken a little, but they will have kept going 
with perseverance and constancy. So in such a way that they will recover themselves and they will do five steps forwards and maybe one to the side and then maybe even one back, but eventually they will reach the goal. You see, I think that's, uh, that's important because um, that's really how the, really the spiritual life works because as he points out, one cannot become perfect in two days, far from it. So uh, perseverance is important. And the temptation precisely, I think a very big temptation or pitfall is this, that when we do the consecration or around that time, we obviously have a very special fervor and it's that's laudable and we should have it and basically uh, relish it as much as possible. But that uh, fervor uh, won't last forever because it's the nature of, of how we are. And, uh, and so it will eventually cool down a little. So, um, the pitfall is that once we see that and we see that our favor is not quite the same, unfortunately, then the big temptation is to essentially fall into a sort of, um, you know, throwing the arms and saying, essentially, well, uh, we won't say it maybe explicitly, but the idea of the temptation will be we kind of give up the, the practice altogether because we realize basically I, I, more or less I failed at least partially, so maybe I am too high, maybe I, I was unworthy and whatnot. So we try to, we say, or at least at the temptation, we say, well, we aim to something uh, maybe not so lofty in the spirituality. You know, I will try to keep the commandments, but I think I, I flew too high more than I could handle. Now, that's a big temptation. Certainly that won't come from God because, again, the idea would be that when that happens, and unfortunately, to a certain extent, it will happen, more or less, then we should say, well, I pull myself up, and sure, I am sorry for the lack of fidelity, perfect fidelity to the devotion, but part of the devotion is that I raise myself up and go to Our Lady again to, with all humility, recognizing that uh, I essentially was not very faithful, but I would like to resume and to be faithful again. And you see, if we do that, then eventually we will one step at a time, after many years, we, we will reach the, the port, essentially. You see? But that's the only, the only way in which it can be attained. Kind of reminds me of, um, it might have been in the spiritual combat, but I, 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 I forget exactly, but the idea of the saints, you, you're starting, I don't, you're not starting over completely, but it's constantly like starting over, right? So, okay, I've slackened mm. a bit, let me start over here and just try yes. to keep try to keep going back to it. Yes, it's very, it's very, very important, yes, because otherwise it's, well, it, it is connected with a lack of humility, really, because it's one doesn't have the, I think, the humility to see reality, uh, you know, to the face and saying, yes, I was fervorous the first day or the first month or the first year, but reality tells us that it's not just the same. So it takes really humility to say, not to look the other way around, and to escape reality, but to say, uh, as you say, I had to make a stop and resume and start over in a certain way, right? We resume, we take back the, the fervor. And uh, I think that that is, is really key. And um, Our Lady will help all of those who, who have the determination to persevere because a fall doesn't um, push us all together out of the path. We just need to stand up and, and resume our way. It's like, um, I'm not good with quotes, but 
the epistle from St. Paul is not who starts the race, but finishing the yes, race. Yes, yes, very true, yes. That's in the Holy Scripture, so I insist very much in, in perseverance. And uh, yes, that is true of salvation, but again, in, in a different sense, through, um, through this means of, of sanctification, as this devotion that, yes, perseverance is, is really all. And I think it's, it's one of those beautiful things, um, growth in the spiritual life, when you look back on your life, you're able to see how far God is taking you. I remember someone mentioned this many years ago, and every so often it comes to my mind and I, I look back and you realize how self-pride made you think you were better than you were at that time. And you look back and you kind of shake your head at yourself. It's just marvelous to see the progress of the change God has worked in our souls. And it's quite humbling to realize that your view of yourself right now is just as tainted as it was back then and you've still got a long ways to go. Yes, it's a, it's a very good insight and uh, it is true. And the reason is that, well, what we should be careful uh, to avoid is to see ourselves with essentially self-conceit. That is, certainly we should try our best and we should practice virtue and, and all the rest. But the, the key is to keep an eye, not to look at oneself or one's spiritual life and take like a vain delight in, in our virtues. Um, because the, one of the most common pitfalls of the spiritual life is precisely this, that on account of our corrupt nature, we take, we consider or we think, we delude ourselves that we are much more advanced or perfect or holy, whatever, than we really are. So uh, we might have done two steps by the pure grace of God, and we think that we are already in, in step 10. That's extremely common, and uh, we, we have to, to keep an eye on that. So um, on that point, we should remember uh, that the good that we have done, like the progress in virtue, it comes from the grace of God. And, uh, and then also we should um, remember that even in the good we do, the good comes from God, but then on our own part, we put of our part of, of, of our harvest, you might say, many, many imperfections and faults, etc. So, for example, one more okay, let's say, I attend Mass every day. You know, I make the effort and walk, wake up early and go to Mass every day. Excellent. And everybody who can and can do it brilliantly, he's excited to do it. So, we should give thanks to God that we are doing that. But we shouldn't have self-conceit because... God gives us a grace and makes us a, gives us that grace to be able to do it and then to, to make it to the Mass. But on our part, what we, you might say, contribute, if you can call it like that, uh, will be many times that, well, we, we have uh, or some distractions during the Mass and then we don't attend with the devotion we should have. You know, we are distracted uh, and so forth and so on, you see? So really one should... Don't forget that there is that uh, side. So we really thank God for the good that we have been able to do by His grace. And then we humble ourselves by what is really ours, which is the venial sins and the imperfections. I think it's in a, I want to say the young, young man's guide from Father Lassans. I think the night prayers, there's a part of prayer. All the good is thine, referring to our Lord, and all the evil imperfections are mine. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, that is very true. So we talked about this a little bit. Um, in previous episodes, what about renewing our consecration, Father? Is this something that should be a yearly practice or perhaps even a little bit more frequently? What does St. Louis recommend? Uh, well, uh, the passage of the saint uh, that speaks of this it reads like this. Once a year at least, uh, on the same day, they should renew the same consecration. They might also once a month, 
or even once a day, renew what they have done by these words, I am all for thee, and all I have belongs to thee, O my sweet Jesus, by Mary thy holy mother. So we see that in the teaching of the saint, the, the yearly um, renewal of the consecration, it pretty much goes without saying. So that's kind of the, you might say, the minimal frame is that every year in the day in which I did, I renew my consecration. And we spoke a little about perseverance. Now, that has to be kept, even though when the certain year comes, we might, again, be tepid or we might be, it doesn't matter. We, it's, it's a habit that we have to build and say, I do the consecration. And uh, so that goes without saying, we have to do that yearly one. Then as to what do we do in between, you might say, the saint gives liberty and he says, we can do it more, we can do it once a month. He says, even once a, a year, uh, a day, excuse me, and he gives a short formula. Now, a good point or a, a pro of doing this once a day, which in my opinion is, is one of the most conducive ways, I think one is bound, but it's, it's helpful and easy. Why? Because if we do it um, every day, we can do it more shortly as far as the externals, the formulas and whatever. And then it is easier to um, essentially to persevere in the renewal. If we do it, for example, once a month or even once a week, we might start seeing things like, well, this week I forgot and then the next week I, you know, I'm too tired and all the rest. Um, so it's perfectly fine. But I think it's, uh, I would suggest for those who can't do it, to do the daily uh, renewal, especially because it really is just like a short, a short prayer. The one the saint gives is, I am all for thee and all I have belongs to thee, all my sweet Jesus, by Mary the Holy Mother. So that will take a second that we can be done in the, let's say, the morning prayers or something. And in that way, we secure that we uh, keep the spirit of the consecration uh, rather fresh. Um, I think one could say essentially uh, this, that to use some sort of illustration, maybe a little broad, but if you have to keep like a, like, um, like a big fire, right? You have to keep it on. So if you add wood, like every once in a while, let's say every three hours, you will have to, with much effort, pick up huge logs of wood and, and whatever. It will be really hard to, to do it every three hours and to keep it going. But if you throw little tweaks every 10 minutes or whatever, then it's easy and you almost not realize and the fire keeps more, more uh, level as instead of going up and then down and then save it again and then almost down. You see, so I think in that sense it's, it's, uh, it's easier, it's more effective, and uh, I think it's more conducive to, to the purpose, which is to keep, it, keep the fire alive. But as we said, there's no, there's no, you might say, commitment. The commitment is understood that the yearly and then recommended with more frequency uh, according to one's devotion. Uh, as, as I hinted before, if one is kind of suspicious of his own, let's say, fervor or whatever, then that shouldn't dis dissuade someone for, uh, of doing the daily re renovation or renewal because actually, as we just saw, it's, it's in a way it's even easier. Because mm -hmm. if, you, if you give it up, then you will have to pull yourself up and it's more difficult actually. If you do it every day and you just say the formula, meaning it, it doesn't mean it will be lip service or anything, but we take that, you know, that minute of 
just lifting the soul and renew it, then uh, then it's easier to keep it. It sort of goes back to that idea also with um, doing everything by with and for Our Lady. You know, even even just raising your mind to her before doing like maybe going to do some some new project or, or something during that day. Each project, you know, just raising your mind. Yes, yes, that is actually uh, even uh, better. I mean, they, they complement each other, right? Like the the formulas and the formal renew, renewals and and those. But that one you mentioned is is even higher, it's even better because that goes more to like as we, we saw, like the spirit of the devotion. So that's more like uh, even a, a higher practice. And, uh, but we see something more or less similar, right? If we don't do that resting of the soul for long periods of time, then it becomes really more difficult because we kind of lose the habit. And then even to stop like all the, the speed of, of mere activity, it becomes even hard to just raise the soul. But as you say, if we do it in... in in different um, undertakings, uh, then eventually it becomes, you might say, a second nature, I mean, supernatural, but spiritually it becomes easy and almost called natural. And uh, so, yes, uh, that's an excellent practice that you mentioned. I've heard it recommended that we should read a little bit of true devotion to Mary from time to time in order to help nourish the devotion and also to, to keep it fresh still, you know, um, like we're talking about renewing each day to keep all that we've learned about the true devotion is to keep it fresh in our minds. Are there any other books you would recommend on the true devotion itself or just on our Blessed Mother in general? Yes, well, um, obviously, be, besides the other books of, of our saints, right, we have The Secret of the Rosary and so forth. Um, I personally uh, recommend The Glories of Mary by St. Alphonsus. I mean, there's no, um, no big revelation there. It's considered like one of the big classics of on, on Our Lady. But you see, my point is, is not so much a way it's a classic and, um, and, and so forth. It's really what we are looking with this, you might say, devotional practice of reading a little here and there on Our Lady. The goal is not really to learn more the theology of Our Lady, though that's excellent, and we should also do it in time and place. But the purpose is to essentially rekindle and make grow the, the fire of love to Our Lady and our devotion, our confidence to her, etc. So it's more like a spiritual reading. So I find that the, the, the Grace of Mary by St. Alfonso is very, very effective in that, that is, it rekindles the fervor and the devotion to Our Lady. So even though we might have, we maybe we know it very well, or we know we have read it and, and all the rest, it still essentially helps us to attend that ten. It rekindles the devotion, the confidence in, in the Blessed Mother. Um, and, uh, and I will say on the same uh, principle, um, I think it's one can uh, base himself of books written by saints on Our Lady. I know there, is, there are the sermons on Our Lady by St. Francis of Sales. There is um, The Admirable Heart of Mary by St. John Judes. And many, many others I'm sure one can find around. Uh, but we will be on the same idea that we are reading sermons, praises, books on Our Lady written by saints who were f uh, filled with the love of Our Lady. So if we read them, then they will rekindle the love and the confidence in Our Lady. Uh, so I, I, will, I think it's a good idea to basically have those at hand and uh, read them, as you say, some, you know, here and there, uh, a little every day and so forth. That's a very good practice, in fact, 
Saint Alphonsus in, in the Glories of Mary says that one of the, uh, you might say, the, the standard um, devotions to, to Our Lady is to read every day a little on her glories. Now, some people might not be able to do it every day. They might be extremely busy. But then, as we say, we can do it well, once a week. Or let's say Saturdays, I read a little uh, book on devotion of Our Lady. You see, it doesn't have to be every single day. But the idea is, if we read, we recall. If we recall, then the, the will is, is inflamed to love and to trust in Our Lady. That's, that's the idea. Now, one thing I will add in, in that, because we spoke about books, and uh, I will say, I especially recommend in our day is uh, audiobooks. Why? Because many times we just don't have the time for reading physical books, and we just have the, our free time is going to back and forth to work or to the store or whatever. So I think it's a, a very prudent idea, uh, supernaturally prudent, to have basically as we have now, right, on our phones or whatever, uh, where we spoke, uh, this material, you know, books about the saints, etc. And we speak about our lady and so forth. And then maybe when we're going to work or when we have 10 minutes here and there, we listen to those. And even without realizing, we are essentially keeping alive and even making grow the true devotion and love for our lady. And why is it so important? Why? Uh, well, because it's not something, okay, like uh, emotions or anything like that. It's true, like a true devotion to our lady, which will mean to have a true, sincere love for her, etc. That's what uh, theologians consider one of the greatest, among the greatest signs of predestination. That is, we are working out our, our salvation. So it's not mere, okay, well, how nice I will put something on our lady. You see, we are really working to save our souls. Even if we don't realize, we think we are just striving. You see, we are moving forward in, in, in saving our souls. So it is, uh, we should be prudent in, in that way. It seems like St. Teresa's Little Way would be a wonderful devotion to work in union with the true devotion to Mary, in that with the true devotion, we have given everything to Our Lady in the merits of our sacrifices. And with the Little Way, we learn to make sacrifices out of the little trials of life, enabling us to offer more to our dear Mother. Yes, yes, I agree completely with you. The uh, St. Teresa's Little Way, you might say, it's amazingly compatible, so to speak. That is, they... they come together very well, these two well, methods of spirituality, or however one might, might call them. And they have many things in common, as you point out, yes, uh, basically the idea, right, of center is of not losing anything, and even though it's small in self, you know, the intention, all that, that's very much connected with, with the teaching of our saint uh, here. So I think it's an excellent idea to, um, to harmonize them, if, if someone has already a devotion to center is and, and her little way, uh, because they really come together very well. There is no incompatibility to the contrary. I think they help each other, and uh, each one will help to keep better the other. One thing I found quite beneficial for myself after making the consecration was to read the life of St. Louis de Montfort. It was quite helpful to see how he actually lived out the devotion and you know, seeing what he did throughout his life, because in the true devotion you kind of get the... I won't say so much theory, but you get different ideas, and then you see him put into practice in his life. And the book I actually read was the one by Mary Fabian Windiot, which, while it is geared for, it's, I guess it would be considered a children's book, but it's still a nice, easy, simple read. And I felt it really um, captured his spirit nicely. 
I think there are several others out there, though, also. Is there anyone you would recommend, or even perhaps perhaps some additional saints' lives you can read to this end? Uh, well, I don't have a particular author, you know, in mind, uh, but, um, and yes, as you said, there are several. There are several uh, authors who wrote, uh, you know, reasonably short life of our saints. Um, but I think I, I do agree what um, I will say, in my view, it's not so much important, you know, who is the author of the life of a saint? Because really, in my experience, the, the life of saints, um, you know, before Vatican II, they are generally very good. It's very rare to find some that are just no, not good. So, yeah, there are different styles. Some might be more literally polished than others. But one always gets, well, for one thing, the facts and then also uh, spiritual insights and profits. So, I would say one could read any of the of the pre-Vatican II, obviously, uh, lives uh, written on the saint. And then I do agree with you completely that the, the fact of reading the life of a saint is very useful and in a way it's almost like complementary to reading his spiritual books or, or it's like when we spoke about St. Therese of this year, so, well, yes, it, there is uh, her teachings and her, her maxims and whatnot, but really the life is part of it. And But in other sense, also... Uh, we see that. So I think it's an excellent idea if one is very much committed to, uh, you might say, a spiritual doctrine and, and whatnot. I think it almost is almost natural to read about the, the life of the saint. For one thing, we, we, uh, we become, you might say, friends, especially friends with, with them. All the saints are, are, are our friends in a way, but we have like a closeness, right? And then it's good to, to know more essentially about them. So I think it's a, it's a very good point, and I will. Uh, I think it's a good idea to to get a life of our saint and, and to read certainly. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. Um, I certainly hope we have inspired our listeners by a greater love of their dear heavenly mother, and with the desire to make this whole consecration themselves. Is there anything else you would like to add in summary before we close out our show, Father? Uh, yes, uh, I will make this kind of uh, closing thought that. We have, in this many shows, right, we have uh, seen and covered many things that uh, some are quite, uh, you might say, high spiritual doctrines or practices or quite advanced and so forth. So I think a uh, uh, kind of a, a warning or I think one has to keep an eye after listening to these shows is uh, the, to think this, well, this is, is really excellent and high, etc. but I feel like I am way down. And, um, you know, I don't know if it's a bit um, too high for me and so forth. And there might be a bit of that that can come naturally because we spoke about things of the saints and then contemplation and all sorts of things. So I would say to, uh, to our listeners that don't feel, you might say, overwhelmed. Uh, we listen to, we see like the whole, the whole, uh, mountain of the spiritual life being like the, the, the highest, the, the, like the top and the perfection, etc. So we see the whole picture, but then we have to, um, to have a confidence that even if though we might be kind of low, etc., we have to just have the desire to keep going up. And then we should, uh, by all means, uh, do it in, through this devotion. Also, we have to have confidence in Our Lady, and she will help us to convert. Sure, we see that we are failing in this, this, and that, and that we are not doing this, this, and that, that we should do according to basically the books. 
But then, well, precisely, we should go to Our Lady. She will help us to convert and to uh, change our ways and also to advance one step at a time. Um, one of the, of the reasons in the literature of Our Lady, we call Our Lady um, as being amiable. And one of the reasons amiable means uh, worthy of love, is lovable. And one of the reasons that makes Our Lady so lovable is that she's full of compassion, condescension and mercy for our misery and weakness. That is, she's in the, in the, the highest of, of sanctity, but she has that marley condescension. That is, we are having trouble, we are having difficulties, we need to convert. And we, uh, if we go to, with confidence to her, we don't feel that, uh, well, it's actually too bad for us and it's our fault. Certainly it is our fault, but our lady has mercy and extends her hand to, to help us to go up. You see, so there, there, there should not be any reason to, uh, to be discouraged or, or nothing on those, uh, on those lines. Uh, what we should do is uh, go to, with confidence to her and then she will obtain for us all the graces we need to, uh, of conversion, of amendment of life, of advancement, you know, uh, things we need to, to improve. Um, she will help us uh, by her prayers, uh, so we should put our confidence in her. Well, Father, thank you so much for your time in teaching us about this beautiful devotion. May God bless you. And thank you, Alexander, for all your help and patience. And also, I would like to thank True Restoration for giving us both this opportunity of uh, spreading a little the devotion to Our Lady. Indeed. All of us here at Member Supported Restoration Radio hope that you found this show to be informative, helpful, and beneficial to you and to your faith. In return, please think of offering a Mass, a Rosary, or even a simple Ave for our working fathers the next time you pray. For the Restoration, I am Alexander Krasnick, and God bless you.